Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Battles, a strength and conditioning coach and the founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism. The Practice Brave Podcast brings you the relatable, trustworthy, and transparent health and fitness information you're looking for when it comes to coaching, being coached, and transitioning through the variables of motherhood and womanhood. If you're a pregnant or postpartum athlete or a coach working with this population, this show is specifically designed for you. All right, let's get started. Welcome back to the Practice Brave Podcast. Today, I am here with Kenzie Riley. She is a CrossFit Games athlete. She actually just competed at the CrossFit Games in 2021 and placed 23rd. And we're really excited to talk to her today because I think bringing the perspective of what it's actually like to be a CrossFit mom competing at the highest level and just sharing what that journey and process has been like. So Kenzie, thanks so much for being here. Yes, of course. I never thought I would be able to do an interview with all that having been said about me. I did not anticipate ever being in this situation. So I'm happy to share it. Oh, it's really awesome. So can you tell us just a little bit about your like athletic background and where you're at now with fitness and competing? Yes, sure. So uh, growing up, I played all the sports. I have always been like athletic and active kid. So I would say of all the sports, for sure, swimming was always my number one sport. I swam, started swimming when I was like six and I swam up through college. I swam at junior college level and then decided I was a bit burnout after, you know, whatever, 15 years. So I retired from swimming when I was 20, technically. At that point, I I have always loved working out. I've always loved fitness. It's never been something hard for me to want to do. So once I stopped practicing for sport, I just became a gym rat and just worked out a lot. I was always at like the college rec. Um, I got into, you know, group fitness, got really into like I did some half marathons. Then I got into like jazzercise and Zumba. So I have done a lot of types of fitness. And so it wasn't until I was 25 that I found CrossFit. And I, so I had like a five year break in the, like between when I finished swimming competitively and then started competing. Well, I found CrossFit. And then within like a year, I didn't even know what the CrossFit games were when I found it and started it. And I realized that there was a way to compete. And I just, kind of saw some local level stuff and I thought that was cool. And then I learned what the CrossFit games were and I never expected being there, but I just wanted to like compete locally. And I kind of had that re like the reignited flame of feeling like competitive. Um, and it was an opportunity to be competitive with myself, which is very similar to swimming. You're not really like you're racing other people, but you're also always racing like your own best times. Right. So it was a very familiar like type of sport for me and like the personal sorts of like victories um, and kind of like that personal best that you're always seeking really resonated with me. So I picked up on it real quick and yeah, I, I quickly went to like the regional level. Of course, this was back in 2013 when things were a bit different. And then I was on a team for the first 13, 14, 15, 16 years. And then I make a little bit of a leap and wanted to be an individual games athlete. And so 17, 18, 19, and then in 20, the year of the baby, and then 21, um, I've been an individual. So I have had quite the, I suppose, career in this sport. And it is a foundation that I've worked up to over time. 
start out doing class and then you want to do a little bit more than class. And then, you know, you start training competitive level and just kind of organically grew my training to match my goals. At this point, a five times, five time CrossFit Games athlete, once as a team, four times as an individual as of this year. That is so awesome. So let's talk a little bit about we connected, I guess that was in 2020. You said you're the baby. That's <laughs> yes. the one. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of a good year to have a baby to take off from competition and all that. So tell me a little bit about what your pregnancy was like and just your training and your experience with that. So for those that follow like competitive CrossFit, if you look back at kind of what went on in the CrossFit, the competitive space, um, but also the affiliate space, in 2019 to 2020, there was like this huge just change in the landscape of what was going on in gyms um, and at the competitive level with the structure and the rules and ownership and all that. So in 19, when they changed, they changed a lot of the games qualification, like rules and the whole like schedule of the year and everything. And I went into the games having an entirely different experience than any other year. You know, it was, they were making these cuts and there was like 125 or 150 girls. It was, it was crazy. Like or 75 people to start, like it was nuts. So it's just a different experience. And at this point I was kind of like, what is happening? This isn't, it was not, not what I was familiar with. And so I was like, how the sport is, if we're changing it like this, I'm not sure, like, this is really what I want to be doing. Like I've done a few, I've had a few years of this, you know, I'm kind of rounding that mid thirties mark. I'm just like, eh, I might be done. So coming out of the 2019 games, I was kind of thinking, okay, I'm ready to maybe move forward with my life and not compete anymore. So it just so happened that everything that happened in 2020 pandemic and, you know, CrossFit going up in flames for a second or whatever was going on with that. Yeah. It felt like the world was ending. Like every week, like something new was happening. I was like, what is happening? Right. Uh, But yeah, so we ended up getting pregnant pretty quickly. And so I had kind of, I was going to let kind of nature decide. And if, you know, it was meant to be, then it would be. And then if it was something we were going to have to take some time and kind of work through, um, we all know that it's like fertility is not always guaranteed. So we gave ourselves enough time to maybe roll the dice and see what was going on with that. And it did luckily, you know, thanks be to God, like we didn't have any issues and I got pregnant quickly. So I obviously knew, okay, this is what's going to go forward with my, you know, the next year I see where this is going. And in my mind, I was like, I was already contemplating not competing anymore. And like I said, I was very aware of my age and kind of where I was in my career. And I knew that those younger girls coming in to compete were hungry and they would be training like mad. And I was just like, I don't know if I care enough. I don't know if I have the capacity to want it like I used to. So I just felt like my hunger was maybe not there. And I was just like, with that, I know like it's not going to cut it. So I kind of just felt like my time, like I was okay moving forward and kind of closing that chapter of my life. So I didn't go into my pregnancy 
and like my pregnancy fitness with the goal of coming out to compete. So I was kind of just moving on and just like, I just want to be fit. So yeah, I never had that sort of like, I don't say pressure on me, but I didn't have the expectation to come out and be like, you know, ramping up or anything. When I remember yeah, that conversation initially, like you were, it seemed like you were in just such this place of acceptance with like, I've had a really good run and like, I want to start a family and I'm like really okay with this. And I thought that was just like a really, it was a really great and refreshing perspective to hear too. So that you weren't going to pregnancy feeling like all of this pressure to maintain or to get back to it ASAP postpartum. Right. And I think that, like I said there, and we, you know, have seen other moms go go and do that. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously completely doable if that is, you know, where you're at in your career and that's what you want to do. I just, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm not old, but I'm not young. So mm-hmm. I just kind of felt like at this age, um, you know, I'm close enough that if I wanted to just like wait it out and do masters or something like I could, I was just like, there is no way, especially with a baby, especially with, you know, I don't even know what is going to happen with my fitness. I don't know what's going to happen with my body. Like there's just going to be no possible way if I never sleep. Like everybody tells you that you never sleep when you have a baby. I'm just like, there's no way I can do this. If there's no way I can be competitive and train like I need to train and have the lifestyle that is necessary. Cause I know what it takes to make games. And I just know I'm not going to have that option. So I kind of ruled it out just like logistically, essentially. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't have that at all. And I had to make peace with that going into it. Like you said, when I came to you, I was ready to move forward. Yeah. Which is awesome. So what was your training like during pregnancy? Yeah. So I, I was very, well, first of all, I get asked a lot because it's in a very individualized experience, as you know. So I had the fatigue and the complete like aversion to all foods. I wasn't throwing up ever. I wasn't like sick. I just, I felt so horrible and I didn't want to get off the couch and I was so exhausted. And that was like weeks, like four or five or six to like 15. Mm -hmm. So that first trimester, I wanted so badly just to like work out like normal. And there were days where I literally would go to the gym that I remember one day it was during, it was when the open was in October that year. And I was like, thank God I'm not competing. I was like, I do not want to have to worry about turning around in two months and having to do this. And then I was like, I'll just do it for fun. No, I could not. I was so incapacitated by first trimester, but I went in the gym that day and I was like, okay, maybe I'll do a 10 point or whatever it is, 20.2. And uh, I remember walking in the gym. I was so tired. I was like, okay, hundred meter run to warm up. And I like started jogging and I just couldn't even, I couldn't even jog. I got to like 50 meters and I just turned around and walked in picked up my bag, walked to my car. (laughs) I had days where I was just like, nope, not doing it. Can't do it. So you can't do anything about it. I was just like, I've never felt like this. So I just let myself be miserable. And even though my husband was probably super annoyed, definitely was one of the worst ways I've ever felt in my life. So yeah, that's that was so real. And I think it's really hard for people that are so used to being like in the gym and it's a huge 
part of their lifestyle to be put on the sidelines with that kind of nausea or fatigue yeah. or pregnancy. I was just like, that won't happen to me. Like I'm invincible. Right. I'm fit. I'm healthy. Like I'm going to be great. So no, it hit me hard and it was a reality check and I was just like devastated. So I just kind of let myself do whatever. Um, that first trimester, like I said, around week 15, I finally was working my way out of it. And for the most part, I just took affiliate class. And even though I, and I had contacted you knowing I'm like, at some point I know I'm going to have to modify. Like at some point, I don't know when that point is, but like, I know it's going to happen. And I don't know, I don't know how to draw the line. I don't know where to draw the line because in my mind, like I can always basically do anything like, you know, if I have to, I will type of thing. So it's hard to know that when you're so used to just like doing things and I don't say pushing through, but I don't know how it's supposed to feel like when you're pregnant and when is it like, how do you know if it feels right or wrong or good or okay or bad? I know we wanted to err on the side of being like super safe, but I also felt really confident in my body awareness and knowing like the difference between kind of pushing too hard and not. So as an, as a coach, I mean, I'm a L2 certified CrossFit coach. So I also kind of leaned on the fact that I'm like, I trust myself. I know, but don't be a hero. So it was like, I was kind of caught between like trusting myself and knowing like when it feels right and like knowing when it, you need to stop. And then also being like, well, I don't know. I've never been pregnant, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I I know you were always encouraging me to like be safe than sorry. And I remember one time you had told me, it doesn't matter what you do now. You're not saving, like saving any fitness. Like if anything, if you push it too long and try and like hold on to something too long, it's going to hinder you from like recovering. And that's whenever you do get it back. So like, that really let me, I don't know, that was really helpful to me thinking like, because everybody wants to be like, I want to do pull-ups when I have like a huge ass belly, you know, because it's like, I want to be awesome. And I want to like, hold on to this skill. Like for me, it was, for me, it's always been gymnastics, like muscle ups, stuff like that, where I'm like, if I don't do them, they feel shitty and I lose my ability to do them. So it's like, I don't want, what happens if I go you know, seven or, you know, six or seven months without doing muscle-ups. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do them again. I was like, so afraid. But then I also thought it doesn't freaking matter if I don't compete. <laughs> so <laughs> I had all these like conflicting like thoughts, but whenever you said that, like keeping doing them through pregnancy does not guarantee, like it doesn't help you get them back any faster. It could honestly make it harder because you're going to not be able to recover and you might get hurt and you might screw things up. So I was just like, okay, that makes it an easy decision then. So <laughs> that helped a lot kind of in that phase of when you start modifying things and you're like, I don't know if this is right, but I also don't know, like, I don't want to chance it. So totally. I think that's like that line of learning to trust yourself where you like, you know what your considerations are during this season, which is like, okay, cognizant of diastasis of your performance postpartum of uh, prolapse of incontinence. You're kind of cognizant of things are different. So then how can I make choices that are going to support what I ultimately want to do? And we can't control everything, but I think like what you said to me kind of sounded like, you know, you had this permission to, to preserve your body in the, the ways that you kind of could. 
Well, and knowing that preserving it was going to be more beneficial than like, like when you think of preserving of it, you like think of, like I said, like holding on to things and being like, let's see if I can still do muscles today. Let's see if I can still do this. Right. And it was like, it's like a reassuring feeling like, yes, you can still do it. That means like you have not lost your abilities, right. but like that has really not the same as like preserving it, like the integrity of your right. muscles, pelvic floor. Like those are also things that you don't really think of when you think of that. So yeah, I was more stuck on preserving my skills, not like preserving my actual body. So knowing that would take me further, uh, made it easier. That, and those were the things that I had to let go of. Gymnastics, obviously, were the fr- people ask me like, when did I start or stop doing certain things? I remember it was like, I want to say around like the end of October, I stopped with like muscle ups and then like like pull ups and toes to bar. Kind of similarly, that was kind of around like I want to say sixteen, seventeen weeks, maybe something like that. And then I, for some reason, around like the twenty, like right around halfway. I see people like run for a long time and I was having, I was having issues with like running and it, I don't know, like it just like giving me pressure in my pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. So like, jumping in the running and all of that, um, I got rid of like right around the halfway mark. I mean, jumping probably before that, but running. Yeah. I think I continued to still move barbells. Oh, snatching. I stopped doing like the day I found out I was pregnant. Something about it freaked me out. I'm not saying, <laughs> and, I mean, I think you can obviously say like, you can probably still snatch. Like I see people do it all the time. I don't think it's unsafe. I just personally was like, eh, that's where your baby grows. I don't want to do that. So, and bar muscle ups. I didn't, those are the two things. I was like, I don't want to be like throwing weight around my carrying area. So I stopped both of those literally the day I found out I was pregnant basically. So yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, I mean, I think you're really in tune with your body and trying to take in as much information as possible, both in the moment listening and then sort of trying to also learn about the process as well. And I just think that you did, you had such a great overall approach, like mindset and your physical approach to it as well. I think that obviously has paid off pretty well for you. <laughs> And I honestly think that, like I said, there's probably some things that I probably, I think, could have stopped doing sooner, you know, but to me, like, I felt like I was okay, you know, so I wasn't doing anything like super reckless, I know. And, you know, I'd always ask you, but I think I wasn't also trying to do anything stupid or like really push it Um, or like keep thinking to myself, I could do stuff. It was just kind of like, I still really like doing cleans and, you know, I'm not hitting my belly, like. Right. You know, I, my bar path is not like, and also like something to keep in the back of your mind is like, as a games athlete, as somebody experienced that as I am, I mean, my movement patterns are like pretty good and sound and my technique is pretty good and sound that I like know when I'm not moving the bar in a right bar path. And I like, you know, I know when I'm compromising integrity of the movement. So if I had felt like that was not okay, then I would have like not done it, but I still felt like I was doing it. Okay. I think you did a great job. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, yeah, my body awareness, as far as like knowing if I'm doing a movement appropriately, I feel pretty good with my ability to, to tell that. So, yeah. So I held on to some things because once you get to like real pregnant, I mean, then you really are like, 
definitely working with a smaller list of movements. And for me, I was like, I don't want to do the same. Th- I don't want to do any more Baca stuff. I don't want to do any more biking, but like eventually you're just like whittled down to a, such a short list. And I mean, I worked out all the way up until I went to the hospital. Uh, I mean like the day of like, it, it always felt fine for me to work out. It wasn't like a, I had to push myself to do it. I didn't want to do it. I was too this to do it. I was too that to do it. I honestly enjoyed it. It was during quarantine. It was like one of the things I got to do every day at least. So yeah, I worked out all the way through pregnancy, found a lot of like fun, modified ways to do stuff. And then even when I was in the hospital, because my child did not want to come out, I was induced. I made up these like AMRAPs to do just to like, I'd like walk the hall. I do like two laps walking the hall. Then I'd like do like 50 bounces on the exercise ball. And like I had all these, I like made it into a workout. My like trying to get my kid to come out during labor. So yeah. Well, and yeah. what was your, what was your delivery like and your early weeks postpartum? How was that process for you? Honestly, I mean, other than just, like I said, this kid did not want to come out. Um, and by the time he did, it took like, it took 30, I keep forgetting. It's like 32 hours. Mm-hmm six hours to get him out of me and from when we got admitted and they started the first dose of um you know they start with the moderate drugs and then they like give you more give you more bump it up bump it up and then we're just like pitocin was the only way so anyways he finally came out and he was almost nine pounds he was eight pounds 13 ounces so that was also part of the reason um why it kind of took him forever i pushed for like 20 minutes maybe it wasn't too long thank god and I did have, you know, we're all women there here. So I did have a little bit of a snip, snip um, of the episiotomy. So that was also part of my like recovery in my mind was the fact that I had stitches right. that I needed to be aware of because that just makes me cringe so hard thinking about that. So um, <laughs> yeah, I was in no rush to do anything. Um, getting in and out of bed was like, so hard that I was just like, I don't even care. Like I did working out was not even close to something in my mind. So I took, I would say two weeks of literally doing nothing except maybe, I think eventually I got, I got to like walking. Yeah. I do like 400 meters one day. And that was like amazing. By the end of two weeks, I was taking like, you know, half mile to maybe a mile walk. And then I think I talked to you and kind of where to go. And it was, you did like breathing, a lot of like, you know, breathing exercises, just some core, just understand like the deep breathing in the core um, recruitment. And that was the first things I did. And then as far as exercise, I think it was by like the third week, I was sitting on a, like a bike, just like a C2 bike. Mm-hmm. And I would do like very, I was just literally like watching TV during his nap, just like, doing some biking. Right. Uh, And I think I did a lot of bike, which sounds completely what I didn't think I would want to do after pushing a baby out of my vagina. But surprisingly, that was like the first thing I did was sit on a bike seat. Yeah. I did not think that would be anything I was interested in. And squatting for the first time was like terrifying. (laughs) Uh, But I, yeah, I started just with like some biking. It's almost like I went back the way I came. It was like biking to start. I stopped with a ton of biking, you know, and then, or that was the last thing I did. And then it was like dumbbell. Like I literally one day was like 10 pound dumbbells. I was doing like seated, like 
bicep curl to single arm presses and, you know, just anything, just to move some weight. And it was super, was like nothing that was using my core or like my hips or, you know, any of like the concepts of Olympic lifting. It was just like bodybuilding. And then I think, and I would do that and I would, then I would like walk, I would bike and then walk and then do, it was like a circuit I made up. Stuff like that. And then I think eventually, next thing you know, is like I was doing like some bar, just empty barbell, like front squats, empty barbell, presses overhead, like just like empty barbell. Wasn't Olympic lifting yet. And then, I don't know, I just slowly introduced things back in. I should also mention one of my very good friends is a DPT that is specializes and works almost, I don't say exclusively. Exclusively, but a lot of her focus is now on um, postpartum, or I guess like women's health, um, a lot of pelvic floor specialty postpartum work. So I saw her every so many weeks and she would check me, look at a lot of my movements, make me do a ton of stuff, watch my you know stomach, look at my abs, measure me inside, outside, all of it, right. trying to like, um, make sure that I was regaining strength and just regaining the integrity of my core and that whenever like she's clearing me for movements um, based on what she saw. And I kind of progressed quicker than, I don't want to say, you know, I don't know the average, but I mean, I definitely was making a quicker progression. And I think that just came from my foundation of having more strength in certain areas, um, you know, a stronger core, maybe going into it and, being able to control my body a bit more um, and like my body awareness where she's like, Oh, you know, you felt that you're, you're did you feel that you let go of your core when you like press that overhead. So she's like, do it again, think about it. And I can like correct it to where she's like, okay, if you it correct, then you can do it. So it was more about releasing me to do stuff just to do it without intensity, without, you know, under fatigue. It was just like, literally just do go do like 30 reps. And that's your workout, you know? Right. Yeah. Intensity came back eventually. Um, I would say, I think I told somebody the other day, maybe like three months postpartum. So mm-hmm. maybe around this time, like August of uh, 2020, which, oh my God, it was a year ago. Holy crap. A year ago, I guess, <laughs> you know, I was starting to be like, okay, let me see. If I can like go a little harder or, you know, maybe see if I can push myself a little harder. See those numbers a little higher on the bike screen you know, on the rower. Yeah. So then I think, uh, the last things I was super scared of, of course, like muscle up CHD, anything that was like really core heavy. And I got cleared for those about six months. Postpartum. Um, yeah. so it was on Christmas time and was actually the funniest thing. An ab mat sit up. I was still having issues with, um, like toning, but I could do a DHT fine. Like my toes bar rope. But like a ab mat sit up was harder. Like, yeah. So you would think as a lesson, everybody, right? For high school up stuff, you know, that angle is different. You know, that's like we we try to teach people that like it's not so much as like this is good or bad for diastasis or your pelvic health. It's just like the the context is so important, and it's going to be different for every single body. What is okay versus maybe not okay yet, you know? And like, that's just, it's good that you had that awareness and could make all those adjustments at different points in your pregnancy and your postpartum return. 
yeah, it was, a lot of stuff surprised me, like what I could still do and what looked good. And she's like, yeah, that looks fine. Because I was like, oh my God, here I go. Here goes the DHD. It's going to be so bad. It's like, that looks really good. Yeah. And I'm not set up. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me get a video of this. She's like, showed me. And it was like, I was like, why is it doing that? It's just to add that zip up. But yeah, um, funny to see how you're, yeah, I don't know. It's all about like core engagement and you don't realize when you don't and when you do. So I learned a lot of lessons of like breathing. Like just try and breathe when you're doing like, think about breathing out on your muscle up back swing. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to think about not missing this rep and dying. But yeah, a lot of cues on like when breathing. Um, Right. So yeah, there's a lot of things that I kind of learned um, essentially that you don't have to worry about, you know, when you haven't had this sort of thing happen. Right. Granted, I think that if everybody understood the power of breath, even those that don't have to, it probably would help. Um, no, I didn't realize going going into delivery, my friend, she was like, we should have gone together before and I would have helped you like know how to breathe when you like you know, push and like, and I was like, I didn't know. I just did what they said. And I got myself a little bit of a hemorrhoid, sorry, TMI. But that was the only thing that came that I really have still that it only, I mean, it only flares up when you clean really heavy barbells at the CrossFit games, apparently. (laughs) So I've, I've made it an entire year without any issues with any of that until the games. Um, and well, I want to like piggyback off that point because I think it's really important. People think that it's almost like, well, I can't do this until I have no symptoms. But really, like, you can do so much and take it to the line. And sometimes in certain environments, and when it's like worth it, like, hello, CrossFit Games, like, you might push beyond your current threshold. And that's, but that can be okay. Like, there's so much grace that needs to exist for what our bodies have overcome and what they do and really pushing them to these boundaries. It's incredible. So I just, I think people get really, um, they get really weird about that sometimes. (laughs) I mean, and I, in that specific instance, and I have a sweet picture of it and I posted Uh a video of it and I got so many comments and it's a great time. And you probably saw it. Go check it out, everyone. But it was, I mean, it was literally just like, it happens in the right scenario. It's worth it right. to like fight it out, I guess. Right. But other than that, that is literally the only time that that has happened. Just to be clear that I used to have issues a little bit with peeing on heavy cleans in like back in the day, um, like a long time ago. So it's something that like, I kind of had a history of knowing that I had that issue, but I've also never, it's never come up since I kind of have learned how to be a better athlete, how to look better. Right. So, um, and I know there are a lot of women out there that already have that issue that aren't even postpartum. So it's very common, let me yeah. put it that way, to have this struggle in other phases of life. Totally. And it's like yours presented in that environment where others may have that more consistently with like low level tasks or with sneezing or whatever. And I think the right. point is you had awesome support with your pelvic floor physical therapist. And if you're listening to this and you have incontinence uh, with whatever it might be, whether it's a heavy clean or a sneeze, or you feel like you have to pee, there is a lot of help to get it under control that doesn't have to take away from all the other things that you like to do. Like we really can marry the two things to help you get your symptoms a little bit more manageable. Definitely. And I mean, when it interferes with like 
you know, your daily life. And a lot of women tell me that like, right. Oh, well, I mean, you know, you lift heavy weight. That's what happens to you. It happens to me when I, you know, sneeze, like you said. So, um, or a lot of people have the double under issue, which people have asked me if I've had any issues with like jumping or impact and, and I haven't and clinging heavy weight. I, you know, not even not really postpartum just until I'm like really, really, really pushing or, you know, in that situation, I had a little bit of pee on some double unders and like one of my semifinal qualifying mm-hmm. events. But again, it was like, it was the end of the workout and I was completely so fatigued. So it doesn't present itself on a regular basis at, you know, varying levels of intensity. It's just like when it's really, really intense for me. Outside of that, though, I have not had any lingering sort of issues other, like I said, than the, that, I guess hemorrhoid from bearing down when I was delivering and pushing. I didn't <laughs> learn right, apparently. So um, I had to learn that lesson the hard way. But those things on a day to day basis do not pose me any issues, luckily. Yeah. Um, awesome. That, you know, whatever I did, you know, as far as recovery goes, because I know, you know, your doctor, your, you know, OB will clear you at like six weeks and be like, okay, go do whatever. And that's, not a comprehensive I don't think that there's like a comprehensive exam that goes on with that right so like yeah you can technically be cleared but like are you really safe to you know it's you know what I'm saying oh totally because you can doesn't mean you should yeah so can you tell me when you first realized maybe a I want to make a run for the games or did you just compete in the open and just see how the cards fall like what was your approach there Yes, that is exactly what I did. Because coming back, like I said, it was exactly what I thought it would be. Like part of it was like, I was so tired. Um, You know, some days it was like, I just took a nap instead of working out or, you know, I just wanted to move. It wasn't even that I needed to do anything specific. It's just part of my life. And it's just one of those things that I don't feel right when I don't work out. It's just a fiber of my being. I don't know. So I would try and do something almost every day unless I was completely dead and needed the day then I wouldn't, but I wasn't training with any pressure of like, there has to be a certain outcome. So I was just training for me. You know, if I wanted to slow down, I would, but also I am who I am and I like to push myself and I always will, whether there's an outcome to be had or not. So I just trained this whole way um, or this trained like this the whole way. I was doing literally an hour in my garage most days um, by the time I was training again. And then uh, that was literally up to the open. I was doing an, an hour to 90 minutes at very most. And at that point was the open. I literally did the open workouts thinking these are going to blow up in my face. And every week somehow, and I was just like, what is happening? This is weird. I did not expect this. I remember texting my coach or like who, I, cause I wasn't even, I wasn't usually, you know, you're training, you have like training partners, at least I do that are like virtual. And so you're like texting your sports at the time. You're talking about your workouts all the time. I did none of that anymore. I didn't have a coach I really talked to, but if I was going to have one, I knew who I would talk to. So I texted him and I, I was like, Hey, um, I think I'm still fit. I was like, what is going on? Um, he's like, yeah, well, I knew that we all know that we're just waiting for you to know that. and so. I didn't even understand the season. I didn't understand what a semifinal, a quali- 
or a quarterfinal, a semifinal. I didn't understand any of it. I like scheduled vacations. I just planned to live my life normally. Like I haven't done in like five years. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I've got a quarterfinal thing that happens that weekend. I've got a, you know, I, I was like making sure I could make this stuff happen. Cause apparently I was qualifying for it. So yeah. I had a zero expectation, obviously, because I had made so many other plans for my summer. <laughs> Luckily, by the time I was like qualifying to the next thing to the next thing, yeah, I was like, okay, well, I still haven't made any plans for August. So I guess I'm like, there's no way I'm going to make the games. And then I did the remote online semifinal, which I was literally in my head. I'm not joking. I was thinking I'll probably be like seventh or 10th or something. I'm like, I'm not going to qualify and that's fine. And I was fully prepared for that to happen. I did the remote one because I did not want to travel with my child. I didn't want to worry about any of that. And yeah, somehow by the end of the weekend, I, and it wasn't even like, I barely made it. I like was in second. And it was at that point that I was kind of, well, I was after the first or second day that I was kind of like, okay, I do want to do this. Like it started to be like, I'm just going to see what happens to actually, if I don't make it, I'm probably going to that because now I just want to prove it's like almost like a challenge. It was like the carrot was dangled. So I was like, I want to do this and I want to prove that like, you can do this and yeah. people and like looking at the the year I've had, like it's possible. So just because it seems unrealistic and I wanted to be able to be like, holy crap. So I would say it was up until that point that I was pretty indifferent about things. And then once the challenge was presented, I was like, okay, I want to do it. But then once I qualified, I was like, oh my God, no, I have to do the CrossFit games. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a bit of like, in your mind, you're like, yeah, the games are always cool. And then I got there this year and I was just like, what if I got myself into I'm not prepared for this. I don't care what a leaderboard says on a semifinal. I've not been training like these girls. And I was just very doubtful of myself because I knew I wasn't living the CrossFit Games life anymore. So that that was a bit of a mental challenge for me, for sure. Absolutely. So once you were at the Games... Did you have a favorite event or one that you placed best in that you, you know, that just an event that you really liked? Uh, So, I mean, with my swimming background, I always look forward to the swimming events because I know they're going to be my best finishes. So starting with that swim and that kayak, even though the kayak was freaking forever and (laughs) people pass me on the kayak the least. So that was a bummer. But the swim and the kayak was an hour and 16 or 20 minutes or something. And, uh, that and was, what was that event for the people that don't know. Okay. Yeah. So I swam a swim a mile and then kayak three miles and they gave us spins to swim with. So we didn't take all day. Okay. So they did give us a little bit of edge on the swim with some flippers, but they sent us all together guys and girls. So it was just like a massive swim. And then a whole bunch of people being, trying to be kayakers crossing the lake our kayaks it was it was fun uh but I mean I always play well in that so I got seventh and so I have to say that's like my favorite event but I also really really enjoyed the handstand walk obstacle with the parallel bars and then all the steps and the ramps 
I did pretty well in that one as well, which is not something I don't have a gymnastic background, but it's also one that I always surprise myself. So it's nice. Like, I don't know. It makes me proud to be like, holy crap. I haven't done that in like over a year, at least two years. I'm just like, I still got it. So yeah. Isn't that, I just want people to hear, like, you don't really lose things. Like you can train back to them for the most part, like it can come back and, you know, you got to surprise yourself on a really big stage. I think that's really awesome. And I think it also gives hope to maybe the more average CrossFitter or fitness enthusiast that like, you know, sentiment I share all the time is like your athleticism doesn't end when motherhood begins. Like there's so many surprises ahead for us. Yes, apparently. And I wouldn't be able to like, I wouldn't believe it unless I lived it. Right. Uh, So it makes me really like happy to be able to speak from this perspective and hopefully, and I mean, granted, I know that I did have a bit of a different situation with the foundation I have built, but I think that what that says is, so if you go into pregnancy, not being able to do, you know, pull-ups, like you're going to come out, like you shouldn't expect to be able to come out doing more, you know, it doesn't mean you can't there someday, but like, just know that like, if, if you struggle with something before, you're probably going to struggle with it again, but that's where you were. You know what I'm saying? So you're not going to lose it. You're not going to lose it, but you're not going to necessarily gain anything either during that time. So you do come back to where you were at one point, but I think that the more that you stress yourself out about getting back to where you were, which I think as women, we do, whether we're talking about aesthetics or performance, uh, everybody wants to get back to pre-baby this and pre-baby that. And I think that's just really unfair. And we're not pre-baby. Like we are not the same person. Your body is different. I mean, my perspectives are different. Like I'm not the same person. So I wouldn't expect to be able to do and do what I could do and wear what I could wear and weigh what I weighed and look how I look. Like it's not the same and that's okay. And I think that that's really hard. I I feel like like a huge shift in identity, you know, and, and, and it's just, it's really hard to go through that. And also I don't think any of us would really go back anyway. Right. Like there's just so much, even when it's hard, like there's, there's so much that we've gained out of the experience. Yeah. I think that, and it's not that you can't still be like healthy and, be your best at wherever you're at and not just like, Hey, give up on just, you know, you're not the same. So just give up on your goals of wanting to like feel a certain way or, you know, be comfortable in your skin. And I get that, but I think there's just so much unrealistic, like expectation of ourselves. I also ask like, why, like, was something different when you're there? I mean, and these are just questions that I like to, to pose to specifically, I mean, my clients, I, as an, dietitian and nutrition coach you know we always think there's like something attached to like being like we were at another time right and it's anything to do with you know the way our bodies looked or what our bodies could do or how much it weighed or as much as it's like your perspective on life and your happiness with life right you know what I'm saying recreate a point in your life <laughs> no, I mean, it really is like, how can we focus on moving forward towards our health and our goals and our happiness instead of trying to get back anywhere? Because we don't go back. We can only move forward. And there, it can be really liberating 
when we actually allow ourselves to, to go there. Right. And you can spend so much time trying to go back. And then you're like, gosh, time is like so fickle. And I'm learning, I mean, it's happening more and more where it just goes so fast. And I just did not want to waste any of it doing stuff that is just not serving me for my best life. And that's just kind of where I've come to in my, all of my wisdom in my one year of being a mom, but. Right. But uh, it's so true. And you've gained so much as an athlete, as a coach, as a mom. And I think that this is a message that so many athlete moms can benefit from hearing because it's okay to still have fitness goals and performance goals. And even if they look different, we can do a lot with what we got. So I really appreciate you sharing your story and, and your time with us today. It was, it was just really great hearing your perspective and congratulations on an incredible year here. <laughs> I thank you. And I mean, I am very proud of it. I, I can't say I'm not, but I'm just mostly proud of the fact that I didn't like put the pressure on myself to be here. And I can be able to tell from experience that that might be even the best way to achieve stuff is without pressure. I mean, personally, I know that's how I thrive. So I don't know if others struggle with that, but maybe the less you focus on something, the more it kind of falls into place for you. So easier said than done, I know, but (laughs) I think it goes along. So I don't know if that's advice or just maybe something to. I think it's a really great message, you know? And again, I think so much, comes from getting permission from other like, like-minded athletes or like-minded moms, you know, it, it can be really empowering for others to hear this perspective from you. So I really appreciate you sharing and everyone, if you need resources on training through pregnancy on what your early weeks postpartum look like, or if you need a postpartum program, pregnancy program, we have all those resources on my website. It'll be linked in the show notes, but that's just at BrianaBattles.com. You have all the information you need to know about navigating those seasons in your lifetime of athleticism. Thank you so much for listening. See you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you are a postpartum athlete and you're really trying to figure out what next, what does my return to fitness look like? What do I do about my core, my pelvic floor? How do I get back into the movements I want to do in a way that I feel really confident about? I have you covered because I know exactly what it's like to be where you are as a coach, as an athlete, and as a mom. So I want you to download six exercises for the first six weeks postpartum. It's a free resource and it just goes over everything that I think is really important to take into consideration during those early weeks postpartum. Now, if you're ready to begin more of an exercise program, say you've been cleared by your doctor or midwife, I have a eight week postpartum athlete training program, which acts as the perfect entry back into fitness, into the gym, into the kind of movement that you want to do where it's still respecting the changes your body has gone through and how your baby was delivered, but it really helps connect your rehab into the kind of fitness that you want to do in a way that's relatable and fun and exactly what your body needs right now on behalf of your long-term function and performance.